Well, hello, I am Tim Kuda, and this is Veterans Cast, veteranscast.com. It's our first episode ever, and it's probably you're wondering what we're doing. What is this all about? Veterans Cast, I mean, obviously with the name, that does give a little bit into what we're going to be talking about. We're, we're veterans. I'm a veteran, Navy veteran, 92 to 96, and the purpose of this is to Get the stories of veterans out. In fact, here in this episode one, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Why we are doing this. Why are we doing this podcast, videocast, webcast, whatever you want to call it. Because, well, story, I was in San Diego a couple weeks ago and went to the USS Midway. That is a aircraft carrier that is a museum now. And it's in downtown San Diego. And I was there with my wife and we went to this aircraft carrier and it was great because being in the navy being right across the bay from you know nas naval air station uh, north island that's where i was stationed the majority of my navy time it was just kind of cool to be right there and so we were kind of bring it back to the day and we were waiting in line to do a tour of, of a area of the aircraft carrier the the island of the aircraft carrier and as we're waiting in line there are plenty of volunteers there to kind of help guide you through. And one of the volunteers asked the group of about 20 of us if anybody had served. And I'd raised my hand. And luckily, I was sitting right next to him. And he was like, you, you were, in the, you know, where'd you serve? I said I was in the Navy. And he goes, so was I. And obviously, he was a lot older. And he said to my wife, he goes, I bet you, uh, I bet she still, I bet she misses it. And there was some truth to that. I do miss it. It's, uh, it's one of those things that we do in our life and you know we move on we do other things there's a lot of things in life that we miss i do miss being in the navy uh parts of it i should say and uh so he says to my wife that i should write a blog and my wife's like why would why should he write a blog he he's probably got hundreds of hundreds of stories in his head from his navy days and when you get older sometimes you forget some of those stories or maybe those stories change and it was discussed that, you know, if you write them down in a blog, people can read them because those stories are there for now with you. They, you know, they, they are contained within you, and that goes with anything in life. Those stories are within you. And once you are gone, those stories go with you. And he explained, you know, like I said, he was an older gentleman, and he explained that it's important to get these stories out so people can hear them because there's it's just it's uh, it's talks about our history as as a country and as as the military members and things that happened and it's just kind of a cool way to get those memories out and I'm like well I don't really blog I'm not really a blogger I'm more of a broadcaster in fact when I was in the navy uh I was on the Armed Forces Radio Television Service KRUZ 94.1 FM on the USS Abraham Lincoln and coincidentally the USS USS Abraham Lincoln pulled into har into to the harbor Pulled into, into the San Diego North Island uh, Naval Air Station while I was there. It was crazy. Didn't expect to see it. Hadn't seen it in over 25 years. So it was uh, pretty crazy to, to, to get a chance to see that. But being a broadcaster, I felt like maybe we should do a podcast. And, you know, a lot of times it's easier to tell stories than to write stories down. And it's easier for people to listen to them while they're driving in the car or maybe on an airplane or doing something like that. I guess you can read on an airplane. You really can't. You really shouldn't read in a car while while you're driving. But uh, I felt like this might be a good way 
to get those stories out. So we we started, I started this Veterans Cast, veteranscast.com, me being a veteran. And the other reason is, is that there could be one person who listens to this, there could be nobody who listens to it, or hundreds of people, who knows? Who knows where this will go? But it doesn't matter to me because I want to get these stories out. I want these stories on a, you know, recorded so that way I can either go back to them and listen maybe sometime in the future when maybe I'm a lot older or maybe my kids or my grandkids or whoever, generations will be able to hear these stories hopefully when I'm long gone. And I guess that would be the same if you wrote it down. But like I said, I'm more of a broadcaster, so I figured why not do it this route? Let's go this route and see you know, what happens with it. So once again, like I said, this is veteranscast.com. It's going to be my stories, you know, my veteran stories that, that I remember as my, in my time in the Navy. And hopefully we'll get other people's, other veteran stories as well. So you'll get to hear some of my stories, some other people's stories. And, and hopefully this will grow into a huge community where we'll get lots of veteran stories. Because let me tell you, veterans, <laughs> you know, there might be some embellishment going on. It's, I, I, I listened to an autobiography of uh, Phil Collins, who's the, uh, if you, most people know, the 80s rocker, Genesis, whatnot. And I listened to his audiobook and actually read uh, parts of his book. And it was funny because he said, this is my, the, my autobiography. These are the memories as how I remember them. They may not be accurate. Because I might remember it one way, and it could actually have happened a different way. And that's true. These are my memories, how I remember them. If somebody else was there, somebody else was with me, they may have remembered it differently. It may actually have happened differently. And so because of that, it's you know, the big fish story. You know, like the fish gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Every time you tell that story, if, you go, if you're a fisherman, you know how that goes. And so sometimes these stories might be embellished as they go, as they get longer and older and whatnot. You remember details a little differently, and it makes it sound a little bit better than they were. I'm going to try not to do that, but I can't, I can't say that that's not going to happen. You know, it's just part of, a part of storytelling. That's what sometimes happens. So, you know, that's, I'm going to try to, like, kind of run through my whole Navy career. And who knows how many episodes that may be. I want to run through other people's military career, military life, and, and just those cool things that have happened to people that I think other other, not only other veterans can appreciate, but I think anybody can appreciate just uh, just the great, cool stories that we have. So uh, that being said, gonna get going in and starting in our in our first story. And like I said, I'm I'm, I'm gonna hopefully have some uh, some other veterans on board. In fact, I think one's uh, texting me now. You know, uh, to uh, um, it's uh, it's kind of a cool thing. In fact, let's see if we can't if we can't get him on to uh to get things going and and so we can kind of him and i can chit chat a little bit about you know my our stories you know those, those navy stories now here this was a he was an, a, a navy person himself and so let's uh let's get him on cbk cannonball kelly how are you doing today uh, <laughs> hey tim kuda what's up with you man <laughs> not much we're starting this uh, this podcast thing this veterans cast you know yesterday we did some testing today we're actually doing it uh, and I gave, you know, talked about, the, gave the intro and, uh, said, this is what this is about, about those stories, man, those stories from the, from the military days as to, uh, ah. as to why, you know, why you, you did this or why you did it or why you, you were forced to do it. If you're a little bit older, <laughs> Vietnam, or, or. <laughs> they told you, you better show up, you know, this is your draft notice, but you and I were, were in a little 
different boat. But, uh, you know, talking about like these are the what I was mentioning before is that the stories that we have are with us until we go, you know, beyond. And once those, once we go beyond, those stories go with us. And it's good to get them out because, you know, those are those are cool things that maybe people would like to hear. Maybe it's our our grandkids or our grandkids, grandkids, or maybe it's just other people in generations that, you know, heard about, you know, the Persian Gulf or heard about Vietnam or heard about World War, whatever it might be, but have to read about it in history books and not actually get to hear those stories. And so that's one of the cool things I think about doing something like this is that those stories are, are there and it's, it's good to get, get those out. So, you know, one of the things that I was getting ready to do is, is talk about, you know, why I, I joined the Navy and it's, it's kind of crazy. Uh, I'm sure you have a reason why, why you joined the Navy and I'd, I'd love to hear it, but, uh, Hey, I will get to that because there's lots of reasons why, People, people go do into what service. they do, or they join the military. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Any, any, any sort of the military, and and you know, and Cannonball Kelly here was uh, was in the Navy. And how long were you in the Navy, CBK? What, ten years? Nine years? I did nine years. That's my motto or mantra, something. And every time I was interviewed some time ago, Tim, uh, with uh, another guy who said, "Hey, you were in the Navy. How long did you do? And I, how long were you in? And I said, nine years. And he said. That sounds like you've done time. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. Uh, to me, it was time a little bit. You know, I wasn't, it was a new thing. Um, I, I, I don't know particularly your reason for going in. I, I didn't really have a major reason. You know, my crazy brother who's gone beyond, we all know this, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. He went in before me and he's younger than me. Really? So, uh, yeah, yeah. He went in as a, he, his story is maybe he had a purpose. I just did it because he did it. Kinda, I guess is the reason I really didn't. I wasn't macho. Yeah. Navy. You know, I wasn't, maybe if I was in, you know, in the, in the forties or the thirties, maybe there might be a reason if they bombed Pearl Harbor or, or, you know, like they bombed the, uh, the New York recently in the 2001, whatever that was. So I don't know if that, that jumpstarts a lot of people, but I don't know. Uh, I, I, you know, I just, I look at it like crazy, man. What did I do that for? But anyway, it's a good thing. I'm happy. I did what I did. I'm I'm okay. I met you, man. So yeah, it was, uh, you you got to, you got to meet me and you met a lot of people actually. Um, well, so one of the reasons the Navy is very interesting because initially when I was in high school, so I was a junior in high school and we had an army recruiter or an army reserve recruiter come to our our high school and say that he wanted to basically recruit us and, and he was interested in in getting people to take the ASVAB for, for those who don't know the ASVAB is the military version of like the SAT ACT whatever you want to call it it's a standardized test that the military everybody who goes in any branch of the military will take and I think that's You're still kidding. the case I don't see we can you know if they've changed that I think it's still they still do that I am assuming they did. I don't know. I don't haven't talked to any new people going into Navy, but yeah. Uh, so no. no, I mean, I think that's they do have that ASVAB thing, and and so I yeah. went. I that's went how to, I got in. <laughs> that's, yeah, you did. So, so yeah. So then I ended up I ended up taking that. I, I took the ASVAB and uh, for the for the Army Reserve, because this Army oh. Reserve recruiter had said that this is what you can do. You can we can send you to boot camp. 
your junior to right. senior year. And wow. while you're a senior in high school, you can come and do your one, you know, one week, a uh, weekend a month, two weeks a year or whatever it was. And you can earn money for college. And it's like, wow, you know, I, I that's a yeah. great thing. I can earn money for college while I'm still in high school. And, and sure. I, I considered it. So I said, yeah, Mr. Army Reserve recruiter, let's go, let's go yeah. do this ASVAB <laughs> thing. So uh, I went and uh, I did this this ASVAB, and I remember, you know, I'm like I said, I'm 17 years old. I got to go to like the military processing center to take this test. So I take the test and I do pretty well, uh, 70 Yay. or something like that out of 100. I, I mean, I did pretty well according to military standards. And so the mm -hmm. the the army recruiter guy was like, dude, you gotta you know you gotta do this. And I thought about it, and I'm like, you know, it's you the army. You know, and as a reservist, I mean, think about it. You're in the reserves, and yeah. that means you're a senior in high school, and every, you know, one weekend a month, and then, then over the summer, you got to do it. And you would have had to, I would have had to go to boot camp for the, the six to eight weeks over the summer. I played football. I was wow. into sports and stuff. It just wasn't, it just wasn't what I thought I wanted to do. So even wow. though I took the ASVAB test and I did pretty well, I decided to not do the Army Reserve. But I what, how old were you? I was 17. I was 17 years old. 17. Okay, okay. Okay, gotcha. So I but I did consider uh I did consider the military though because then, you know, and I don't know if you had a chance to do this CBK, but in your junior year, you take your ACT or your SAT, you know, it depends on what area yeah. they keep going back and forth. But we in in the Midwest, it was the ACT. That was the big big test at the time. So I took the ACT yeah. and I scored like a 19, like some, like, which is, I don't know if good or bad. I mean, it's not good. I just know it's not good. And okay. I, I hated it. I hated that test. And, and everyone's like, oh, I don't sweat it. And I think I needed a 21 to get into like any state college. You needed a minimum of a 21. And, and everyone's like, oh, don't, okay, okay. they're like, don't sweat it. Take it again. I'm like, I ain't taking that test again. That, that did test you, sucked. Did, did you have to pay for that? Is that a paying thing? Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think you did have to pay for there was it. There's some money involved. I thought I thought so too. I just wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you do have to pay for it. But so I took that test, and like I said, it didn't go so hot. And I was looking in the military then. I'm like, well, maybe I can go in the army for two years because the army had a two-year uh, enlistment. And you would just have to do what they told you. You could go and do whatever. And I mean, they gave you some choices, but there wasn't a ton of choices for a two-year enlistment. And I thought, well, maybe I went in the Army. The, uh, in Illinois, one of the things that the Illinois uh, Army recruiter said for the uh, National Guard was that in the state of Illinois, they have this thing called the Illinois Veterans Grant. And with that goes any veteran in the, for that's from the state of Illinois that returns to Illinois after their service can go to a state school in Illinois uh, free of charge. Complete 100% scholarship wow. for tuition and four Great. years you get to go to school. So that's pretty that's pretty huge. So yeah. that kind of, you know, I'm like, okay, I didn't do well on the, on the ACT. I got this four-year scholarship on the line. All I have to do is do two years. I just got to go. I got to go in the Army and just be a grunt for two years and maybe like fire like missiles or something like that. But yeah, exactly. I know it's just, it just, it was like, okay, well, whatever. So, so I thought about it for about a day and a then, day. and then I said, you know what? 
I don't want to go in no stinking army. <laughs> For all the army people out there, sorry, I just didn't want to do it. And you know, I'm good I'm, choice, good choice. Exactly, I'm from the Top Gun era, so <laughs> you know, 1985, yeah, 86, Top Gun comes oh, yeah. out. And, you know, that was, yep, like, one of the yep. biggest, biggest recruiting things for the Navy ever. Wow. You know. That's the, amazing. The movie Top I never thought of it that way, but, yeah, I could see that now. Yeah, it totally was. And so I'm like, wow, that's cool. I want to go work on an aircraft carrier and, and be a pilot, a naval aviator. So I'm like, that's cool. I don't want to do this Army thing. I'd rather go do this Navy thing. That looks a lot, lot cooler. So, you know, you should stop. You should stop for a second and pause and say, wait a second. The Navy is for the water. Why can the Navy has air? <laughs> so weird. That's the Air Force, right? <laughs> well, right. You would think that. But you know what changed that changed all was when Top Gun came out. And then you start doing the research oh, okay, okay. and you find out that there are just as many airplanes in the Navy as there are in the Air Force. Okay. In the Air Force, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Except it's... the Air Force, those those pansies, man, they just fly around. They don't, you know, they don't do the hard grunt work. You know what I'm saying? Well, right. They don't have to go aboard a carrier for six months. They just get deployed somewhere. <laughs> but that's another story for another day. But so, 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 anyways, so this is what we're doing. So I'm, I'm like, okay, I, I like the Navy. I like airplanes, and I want to work on an aircraft carrier and be a whole Top Gun, do that that stuff. So. But the Navy, so I'm like, well, let me go talk to a Navy recruiter. You know, just let's do due diligence. Wow. Let's let's go talk to the Navy recruiter before we join the Army. And I don't, you know, Army had already kind of moved on from. And I joined, or I go talk to the Navy <laughs> Navy recruiter. And the Navy recruiter, actually, I think she came. It was it was a female lady, and she came to school, uh, at the high school. And I'm like, oh, I gotta go check this out. So I go talk to her, and I give her some information. Oh. And and she's like, you scored a, you know, whatever on your ASVAB. She's like. Oh wow, you can pretty much do anything in the Navy. You should come and talk to us. So I went. I went to the office, oh, and uh, they're like, "What do you want? What do you like?" And I'm like, "Well, I like airplanes, and I want to, and I do electronics stuff at, at school, at high school. So I wouldn't mind working on avionics <laughs> or electronics in, in on airplanes." Well, guess what? We have a job called aviation electronics technician, and you qualify. Aviation for that technician, job. yes. Exactly, you qualify for that job, aviation electronics technician. So. Um, we're going to get your ASVAB score moved over to the Navy version and, and we'll, we'll convert it. You don't have to take it again and you can uh, join the Navy if you'd like. So after some deliberation with the fam, with the mom, my mom, so my mom starts freaking out because she does not want me to join the Navy. And she is at the time she's working with a a guy who was in the Navy. He was a corpsman and he's now a pharmacist tech. He's now a pharmacist technician. And wow. he doesn't have good things to say about the Navy because he thought he was going to cut, you know, he does all the, basically corpsmen in the military or in the Navy. And then they, I know they also do mil, uh, Marines too. The, the Navy corpsmen do, you know, handle Marine units. Corpsmen are basically nurses. They do everything that a nurse would do for the most part yeah. in common day. That's, but, what my, that's, what, that's what my brother was. He was a Navy corpsman. Well, right. So then, but when you get out, you, you, none of that matters. You still have to go to nursing school or doctor school, whatever. None of it, none of it matters. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Interesting. So this guy who had worked with my mom said, you know, they're going to tell him stuff and he's going to go in, but maybe that, none of that, you know, none of that stuff is going to matter. So ultimately, interesting. 
she freaked out. She's like, you know, you gotta, he, you gotta do this. You gotta make sure you have your contract. You got your A school. You do this. You do that. And Get a job, right? Wow, 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 wow. Right. But she still didn't want me to do it. She still was a little, a little nervous about it. Yeah. And, and and because I was 17, I didn't turn 18 until my senior year in high school. Because I was 17, she still had to sign the form would allow that would wow. allow me to go into the delayed entry to do the to actually wow. enlist in the Navy. Right. So right, it took right. a lot of persuasion, persuasion. In fact, my mom and stepdad met with the Navy recruiter. And this is a funny story too. We're in the recruiting office and my mom <laughs> and is, is like just firing off all these questions at this recruiter. And she's starting to get wow. flustered. She's starting to get flustered. Now wow. you got to remember, we don't, I don't understand any Navy protocol stuff, but you'll get this now because sure. of you, so she's firing off all these questions. This woman's getting flustered. And guess who comes swooping in the chief, the chief who was there. No way. The comes, CPO came in. Yeah, he comes in. And he starts like, all right, I got this. And he starts like answering all, <laughs> all my mom's questions. and just kind of pushes her to the side and just like, we're going to get this guy. And so she starts we're answering. Get this guy. Exactly. So she starts answering all the, all the questions <laughs> and stuff. And so, um, and so then I'm like, I'm all psyched. You know, yeah, you know, they show you the pictures and go work on an aircraft carrier and flight deck and all that stuff. So I'm all excited. And my mom's like, oh, I don't know. So my stepdad yeah. says to, to my mom later, after we, we leave, and I, I'm ready to do it, my, my mom's like, no, you're not going to do it. And then my stepdad, it's like his life. Let him make, make, let him make his own choice. So ultimately, wow. my stepdad told my mom to just chill. She signed the papers, <laughs> and then here we are. I'm going to get ready Whoa. to join the Navy. So this it, it doesn't end there, though. And, and I'm going <laughs> to... Well, before I get into to the to the next step of this, I mean, CBK, how did how did it go for you? I mean, how did you end up making that when you finally came to that decision that you were going to join the Navy? You know, I wasn't as young as you. I was an oldie but a goodie, man. I I, I think I was 21. I'd already done college, or you know, pre-college, whatever you call it. But I was more interested in swimming and having fun. I lived in the sunny Southern California. I, I want to go to the beach every day. But anyway, my brother had, he was, he joined for some reason, like a, maybe a year or less. I don't know. Maybe it was a year. I don't remember. But the, the, the reason I joined and the reason why I picked the Navy was because um, I think my grandfather, he was a, he was a, uh, uh, the, the building, I can't remember. He CB's, was a CPO, but he was, he was, he was a CB. CB. He was a CB guy. He was yeah. stationed in Wyneme, California. And, uh, so he built, he built Midway, you know, which is, we know today as the Midway stop between Japan and Hawaii and, uh, LA, California. Anyway. Um, so that was, that was an influence for me. My brother was in, he's like, Hey, cannonball, you could be a radio man. I'm like, woo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm like, what is, what is that? Radio <laughs> so, man. I love radio and I was doing theater and behind the scenes stuff. Uh, my fave thing back then too. But so that, it was just a quick decision. I'm going to join the Navy. Boom. But um, I had, a, I had, I didn't have the great experience you had as far as uh, you kind of had someone answering questions for you, I guess it looks like. I don't remember any of that happening. I was scared to death when they sent me to SAC Sacramento or Fresno or somewhere for the MIPS whatever that was yeah, the mil uh, the processing. Yep. So processing, which was weird. Yep. And, and then, um, and then of course 
going into boot camp where I wound up going into Chicago, which scared the crap out of me because that was a Midwest city. I can't go there. That's too bad I didn't know Tim Kuda then. I was, you know, because he'd, he'd be it'd be much nicer now if I went there. But anyway, well, right. No, it was just a quick. It was just a quick decision. Okay, I'm going to do this now. Boom! I'm 21. I'm going to go in as a, as an SN or a seaman, whatever you call that. And I'm not going to be a, a E whatever it was E1 or E2. I'm like, oh, I'm ahead of the curve. I'm smarter than all you crazy people. But I do remember, I don't know if I ever told you this, whenever I was in some medical line somewhere, I think it was in the starting the MEPS process, I think they, I passed out or something, totally fell flat on my face, standing in line, trying to get all your shots or something. And then I wake up with the beating on your chest, and the smelling salts. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? I was on the floor. I just totally passed out, man. Wow. Too much for my nerves. But I didn't really have a job either. I didn't know what I was doing. And boot camp scared the crap out of me. I had also, prior to this, in college, I took a reserve police academy training. I thought I was going to go in to a career as a police guy, policeman or whatever, which I wouldn't do that today. There's no way. Um, but I thought I was heading in that direction. I took police science classes. I went through a, a full-on military, get yourself together, you know, uniform, short hair. They put me on the fat squad or something. I wasn't even, I don't even know what fat was, but they just did it just to, <laughs> to pump That's me funny. up and pump you up, you know? So I just, I thought that was kind of worse than boot camp, you know? So anyway, I went in. It's funny you said aviation technician because I think that was the first job that I they sent me to Tennessee to go to Tennessee A school, whatever you call that, Tennessee Tech Training. Right, right. So that was was, and that's and so it's interesting because that's got. I mean, that's where I went and boot camp. You know, I'm sure that you've got plenty, plenty of stories from boot camp. We'll get into those, but like I'm just trying. It's I'm trying to figure out like. Why? Like, you know, did you, you said because you, you did the police thing and you said because it just it ended up happening. Your brother was in and those are influences because, you know, I had that reason of where I was. You know, I, t- I got I did bad on the test. That was one of my reasons why, why I went. I did bad on the test. So and I, I wanted the four year degree. I wanted the college. I wanted the money for the college. You were like you said, you were a little bit older and you had already kind of been working, doing doing things, been done with high school and. And now, because you're not alone. I, I know there were a few people who I was in uh, boot camp with and then, and then A school and whatnot that were older, that had just either dropped out of college, just didn't work out for them, or, you know, it used to be in the day where they would, if you got in trouble, sometimes part of the, they would give you, they would like commute your sentence or they'd suspend your sentence, but then as part of that, they'd say, you better go sign up for the military and get some military in you. Yeah. Um, so I, and I, I just was kind of curious, like how, you know, what made you actually, cause you know, it's a volunteer service, you know, no one's making you do it. So what yeah. was, what actually was, was the, the force behind you signing the paper to say, yeah, I'm going, I'm going to join this thing called the U S Navy. There was really no reason Tim, at all. It was just, okay, I guess I'm going to do this now. I guess maybe I, was in a position in my life where I, you know, my, I remember my dad was saying at 18, what are you going to do with your life? And I'm like, I'm 18. I don't freaking know. So I, there's not really a, a striving force for me that said I had to join the Navy. I just did it. 
really. It was my decision. My parents didn't freak out or nothing. Probably because my parent, my mom was pre-married to a Navy guy. Um, uh, and her father was, was a Navy guy and they lived in New York and Guam and all over the crazy place. So I think it was pretty natural for her, for me to make that decision. And maybe my brother, and I don't know his reasoning, he was kind of a bad seed, man. He was like, oh, getting in trouble when he was four years old, scraping cars or something. So I don't know. I think that was kind of a discipline thing. And I was always the good kid of my family. And uh, I figured I better do this for me and for my family. Maybe that's my reason. Well, I mean, that's a good reason. I mean, to to, to do it and, and – a lot of people find themselves, I think, in that scenario. You know, we, we've talked about, or I talked about earlier that, you know, back in the Vietnam era, you were drafted. Back in World War II, you were drafted. Right. But a lot of people just volunteered because of the time. Yeah. You know, it was the right thing to do back in World War I, yeah. World War II era. Vietnam, not so much. People didn't really want to go to Vietnam. And so the draft right. was, was, was obviously how they got. They didn't know. They, they didn't. They didn't know about it. It was in a foreign country. They're scared. I can see all that. Yeah. So then they end up just kind of, you know, I know some people Going. like my, I had a lot, my, my father, my, my father got drafted. Uh, my uncle uh, ended up joining because he wanted to join the air force. So there's a lot of people who went and joined instead of getting drafted because when you joined, you, you got to pick, you had some choice into what service you were uh-huh. going into where draft, you probably are going to end up on the front line. So, so, you know, you've got that, you know, we are in a different boat, though, in regards to our service, because we chose to do it. And, and yeah, there, there hasn't been a draft in this country for since the 70s, I think, or the 60s or something. Yeah, it's been, well, the, yeah, the, the mid, mid 70s, I think, is when early 70s when they got rid of the draft. Um, I mean, obviously, you still, everybody still has to sign up for the draft. You know, the selective service thing. Right. Every male um, has to do that. Right, right. Right. 18 years old. And they're actually now saying that maybe females should have to do it, too. Believe it or not, in Israel, uh, both male and female uh, students or, or kids have to join. The, all of them have to go in the military, military service of some sort um, for a couple yeah. years. That's part of their, just I've heard, their citizenship. I've, I've heard from several, I, I, you know, I, for some reason, I have a lot of foreign contacts, and I worked with a guy in Corvallis recently. He was from the, I called him from Russia, but he was from the, I think he was from the Ukraine or somewhere in there. But he told me, yeah, at 18, the government will make you. You will, you're going to do this, or if you don't go in the military, you have to do some kind of job that is some type of military-related which is really weird. So they have no choice there, like you're saying about the Israeli folks or whatever. Yeah, so that's kind of how that works um, with some of the other countries. That, and obviously that's not the case That's not the case here. So when you and I went in and, you know, I gave you the reasons and you gave you just said you just showed up and you decided it was, a, it was a good thing to do. Now, how long did you have to wait after the day you walked in the recruiter's office to the day you were headed to uh, Chicago, Great Lakes? I, uh, I think I was, I mean, I, I don't know. It was, I want to say there was some delay. I think I had a delayed entry or something weird. And I don't know what brought that on, but I, I want to say maybe a month, I think, cause I kind of prepared for it. I knew the day was coming kind of thing. And I even had a party with some people coming over, shaving my head. I remember that cause I was trying to get a head step on my haircut kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it makes sense. Why you'd want to? Why you'd want to do that? I like 
yeah, I had curly, fuzzy hair, California kid, loved it, you know, sand, bleach, blonde hair. I didn't want to get rid of it, but yeah, I'm guessing a month from that Fresno time to actually getting on a plane and boom, hit, hitting the, the boot camp portion, which was, like I said, I was petrified, man. Well, yeah, I, new... it was, uh, it took me, because I joined uh, my, it's funny, I showed up, so the way it worked, at least, and I, you probably was very similar, you talked about MAPS, which was the military something processing and, station, I forget what the E stood for, but um, the I remember doing that, and I was 17, and so now I've signed the papers, and now I'm going to be in the Navy. So they arranged for a day for me to go and do my physical because you had to do a physical and then also get, um, you know, actually do the enlistment. You have to stand up and, you know, you know, defend, you know, support, defend the Constitution, give the oath, and then they'll give you a job. And so because they the way they do it, I went the first day that they released jobs to my class of seniors, people who are graduating, which seems kind of odd. And to this day, I don't know if that makes any sense, it, but they said that you got to be there on this Monday. You have the best chance of getting the job because they just don't know what's going to be available day to day to day, depending on what billets are open. And so, um, so I, Sunday night recruiter picks me up and now I got to go and stay in this hotel uh, room up in, uh, right. in the North suburbs of Chicago, the Northwest suburbs of Chicago, Wheeling, right next to uh Pelwaki, Chicago executive airport. So, I'm staying in this hotel room. I've never stayed in a hotel room by myself. I'm 17. It's the first time in my life I've ever done anything like that. And they dropped me sure. off. You know, the recruiter's like, all right, you know, if you have any problems, give us a call. And this is long before cell phones, obviously. And he's like, if you got to you know, <laughs> give us a call, you know, if you got any issues. But they're going <laughs> to yeah, they're, they're gonna, they're pick you up. They're going to pick you up in the morning and got to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and be ready to go. The bus leaves for the uh, – for the uh, processing station at 6 a.m. sharp. And yeah. so it's like I never gotten up that early before in my life as a high school kid. I mean, I got up early, but not like at 5 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning, whatever time we had to get up. And so yeah. I, I, I get up, and then I I do it, and or I go there, and I spend the night. So now I'm there by myself, and I remember – I'm like, what am I going to do? I, I, uh, I've never been in this hotel by myself. I don't have a car. I'm, so I end up walking Why? down to, to a McDonald's and having dinner at McDonald's. And, uh, sure. you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm nervous, just kind of like, like you. But, I mean, I'm not going in. This is not I'm, not, I'm not in the Navy yet. You know, this is just a pre-Navy yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's a weird period. Yeah, kind of. This is ringing a bell for me a little bit, <laughs> your, your story. Right. <laughs> So now I'm 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 I go and I like I said I walk down to this McDonald's and have have dinner and then I just I sit in this hotel room go to sleep wake up early you know the phone rings they give you a, a wake up call like four o'clock in the morning call, yeah. or whatever it is the phone rings get in the shower you take this bus and now you know you're you're kind of you're hanging around people who are actually shipping out people in this lobby that they're going to go to boot camp right. they're not just going to get right. tested. You're gonna to get to go home at when this is all said and done. These people are headed to like jail, but it's really boot camp. You know, it's similar, like you said right, exactly. earlier. Exactly. But um, <laughs> so it's like these. You just, I'm like, well, at least I'm not doing this for another year, and we, and I don't even know if I'm doing it yet. I got, I got to see what job I get. So, um, show up, you know, take the bus, get there in the morning, and then they they go through the whole physical, which. You know, a military physical is pretty uh, pretty examining. Let's just say, you know, they they check yeah. everything. 
And they don't want oh, – yeah. because one of the things is they don't want people joining the military with defects because once you get a defect in the military, then you can be a disabled veteran, for, and there's a lot of benefits that come with that. So they don't sure. want anybody coming in that already is defective, basically. So they the flat feet thing, whatever, right? Something like that. Yeah, I mean, one of the, like so they check you out. They check your hearing, vision. They, you know, every all the stuff that they do. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I remember they had me do is I had to get like in a catcher's position, like squat down, and then roll from my feet to my knees, and like on a tile floor because they wanted to see if my knees popped uh, out. Sounds then, like polylog. Right, kind of <laughs> exactly. We'll get into that in another episode. But. Uh, um, but yeah, so so yeah, so they made you do that, and then they they also uh, uh, you know they, they they looked in places where no other, no other persons looked most likely, you know, just to make sure everything yeah, was sure. everything was good, and and so then you know after it's all said and done, they they if you pass your physical, you pass, and then they send you to right, the, they give you they give you clo- they give you clothing to wear <laughs> that kind of thing, right? Yeah, I, no, that I don't think so. That was not yet. That was just the this is not yet. Remember, oh, okay. But I do remember now. Now I go to the waiting room. It was a lot of hurry up and wait. You heard you hear that a lot. Hurry up and wait. Hurry yeah, up. Yeah, you go to one one room to the other room to the other room to this to that. Right. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of hurry up and wait. Finally, I get to where it's my time to go back with the career counselor. Is what they call it. A career counselor. I love that oh, in the military. Wow. Career counselor. Career this is your career. Exactly. Wow. So, so that's nuts. Go back, and I, I, I sit down with this career counselor, and he looks at me, and he goes, young man, what do you want to do? Why are you here? What do you want to do? And I looked at him, and I said, sir, I would like to be an aviation electronics technician. Wow. I, was, I had it all practice. I knew the rate AT. I want to be an AT. And so huh. he looks at me, and he goes, Okay, he gets on his computer, looks and goes, guess what? We've got that available. You can be an AT. How easy was that? It took me Whoa, five minutes. He, was, he loved it because it was so easy. He goes, yep, we got AT available. It's all yours. So, wow. um, so I remember I'm like, I was excited and all excited. I signed the paperwork. I got the A school that I wanted, and it was guaranteed, you know, contract. If they didn't give me the A school, I had the ability to get out of the Navy. So um, that Ooh, worked, worked that worked out real well, and I was real happy. Now, in talking about stuff about the military later, sometimes military recruiters aren't a hundred percent. I don't want to say that, I don't want to say they lie to you, but sometimes they don't have all the knowledge they should. And one of the things that I wanted to do in the Navy is I wanted to be air crew. I wanted to fly as an enlisted, you know, in the back, you know, actually fly the airplane, but I wanted to fly. Mm-hmm. And so there, the Navy recruiter that I was dealing with at the time says, you know, he said, okay, um, or it was she, or I think it was the she, she might've left and somebody else might've taken over. But it's, it was, okay, you want to fly. Well, these are the rates, you know, that you can get that are air crew rates, ratings of what, you know, jobs in the Navy. And so, mm-hmm. you know, they're, whether they're called something else in, uh, in other services like MOCs or MECs or something like that. I know I'm, I'm messing it up. I apologize to my fellow Navy or my fellow 
uh, veterans, army, MOSs. That's what they are. They're MOSs. I knew it would come. Job. It's job, man. Just say job. (laughs) Yeah, job. It's just job. So, but MOS and the other services. So, I I was um I was told that these are the ones that are air crew ones, and so I was like, okay, I got to get one of those jobs so I can fly. Well, it turns out if I would have walked into this career counselor and said, Mr. Career Counselor, I want to fly. He would have been like, okay, we're going to give you an air crew billet. You're going to be on, you're going to be air crew. Now they're going to, they'll determine what a school you'll go to after your air crew school, but you're going to be air crew and you'll definitely fly. So I would have done that. I would have foregone my, my uh, aviation, aviation, electronic stuff. But however, what that would have done, it would have required a fifth year of enlistment. So I went in for a four-year enlistment. If I would have done air crew, it would have required five. I probably would have done that. And who knows? I might have stayed. You know, you get five years. What's another 15? You get your pension. That's why I think it's crazy that you left. After nine years, you only had 11 (laughs) more to go, man. 11 more. Yeah, I was was done. (laughs) No, I know. I know you were done. But so I I would have probably done the air crew thing. That was not uh, communicated to me that I should have said that doesn't matter it all yeah. worked out we'll get uh, we got plenty of stories along the way to show how it did work i think out. i think that's my issue too is is why i'm there's a little bit of anti-ness with me but but that's because the way in the beginning how i was treated there was no i didn't even fall in the job that i even wanted to do i never even got asked what job would you like to do i just got thrown into a job i think my i took the asvab test something they said, oh, you're great in math, which I sucked in math. I was terrible at math. I hated math. But somehow I either cheated myself or just put, I let, marked the number C, the letters, the bubble C, enough times where it gave me a really high-scoring math something. And they're like, you're going to be an aviation technician. Okay, you win. I'm like, okay, what is that? I didn't even know what it was. So when it came to that part of my life that I've interrupted you, um, I went to go take an electronic electrician testing and they wanted numbers and how does the light bulb work? And I'm like, I don't freaking know. So I failed it. And then they said, what are you doing in this rate? And then I said, I don't know what I'm doing in this rate. Why are you asking me? You put me here. So I expected, um, the Navy to teach me the job. That's kind of what I thought I was going to do, but it didn't work out for me, as you know. <laughs> All right. Plenty of plenty of more stories to go there as to how, because I'm I'm interested also to hear about your time in Millington, because I got plenty of stories about Millington, but um, and 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 boot camp actually. But the the uh, it's just interesting how that that happened, and you know, and a lot of times I found out that recruiters are under this pressure to their they call them goals because they'll never say quota quota is a bad you know four-letter word they won't say quota they'll say we have goals but if they don't reach their goals then they then they don't get then they get kicked out as recruiters they get sent back to the fleet so i think sometimes they may stretch they may stretch Stretch the the truth truth a little bit bit and just do it you know they they tell you they tell you what you want to hear and and but I, i mean I don't have a bad taste in my mouth about my Navy service. I, I don't. I got, I got what I needed to get out of it, and and you'll hear why as as these yeah. as these podcasts continue. But the um, 
ultimately, I think there was a little bit of like, well, this is what he wants to do, so let's just point him in that direction, and then he'll get it, and he'll be happy. And, and that was absolutely correct. I did not learn until later, like I said, that I could have gone in there and said, I want to be an air crewman. Now, interestingly enough, that may have changed my whole course of my whole life. And uh, you just kind of sure. you make, you make those decisions how, how you make them. Yep. And, and that's, I'm ha- that also, there's a, que- there's a question in my head when it comes to that recruiter telling you that. Because, yeah, hey, Tim, you're going to fly. Come on down. Sign your paper. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but they could have put you on a cleaning aircraft crew job or, you know, strapping the thing down to the chain or something. I'm just thinking that you may or may not have flown or, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it, it could have gone. That. You would have gone to air. I would have gone to air crew school. But if you failed out of air crew school, I could have been a cook like you. It could have happened that way. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not even trying to be I'm not even trying to be negative by that, because it's like you fail out sure, of a school. Sure. They tell you where you're going. You know, you know that. And so so you're right. It could have it could have definitely changed what happened. Um, ultimately, I ended up it ended up working out fine for me. But it's just, you know, that yeah, sometimes. Sometimes they might do that. As far as my, you know, as much as I wasn't sure where I was headed and where I did head, I was in a really cool position in the end. I really was, <laughs> you know. Right. It ended up working out for you in the end. Um, in the very, very, yeah, took me a while. So we'll get yeah, exactly. we'll get into that in, in the future because those are some really, 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 really good stories. And that's what we're doing here. That's what this this is about. It's about to try to get those stories out there because, you know, you, like you said, like I was just talking and, and then it, it kind of freed up some of your memory of, oh, yeah, I remember that happened to me. And this. And, but when I asked you yeah. outright, you were like, oh, I just joined and I showed up and then they kicked my ass. Excuse my language. But like, um, you know, so it's it's one of those things where where you're that's why this is a great thing, because it kind of generates those memories that, oh, yeah, that happened to me. I remember that. That happened to me, too. So yeah. ultimately, I think uh, I think it's a good thing. And and so I end up joining. I end up getting the job. I, the recruiter picked me up that night, that day. We drove drove me back home and uh, I was all happy. And then Ooh. that was like June 17th. And my report date was June 11th. So almost 360, 58 days of delayed entry. And that is a whole what? other, that's the next podcast. That's next episode number two. Whoa, the next podcast. Delayed <laughs> entry. You hanging, come on. <laughs> delayed entry. So you're going to have to check out. Because oh. I got some stories about, del- I was in delayed entry, like I said, for 11 and a half months. But the nice thing about wow. delayed entry is that it, did, it counted as inactive reserve time, which, so I ended up getting less inactive reserve time. But that's a, that's a different thing. But so, so it's. So basically, to sum up what I think CBK was saying is he doesn't remember why he joined. He just showed up and he became and he joined the Navy. So he didn't fail a yeah, test. Think, yeah. He didn't. Uh, he didn't get threatened with jail time. He just decided I wasn't that he's going to go. Just something. Maybe I should do this. Okay, here I go, and I did. And you did. And then, and the rest is history. And there's there's more to come. So, like I said, this is Veterans Cast, VeteransCast.com. I'm Tim Kuda along with Cannonball Kelly, and uh, I'll catch you on the next episode. 
We're, uh, They're going to wonder who the heck. Why is my name Cannonball Kelly? What the heck is that about? Oh well, yeah. <laughs> well, you're going to have to join it. You're going to have to stay tuned. Have to listen to episode. We'll probably get to that episode fifty-eight and a half, maybe by the time we get <laughs> done. Who knows? Fifty-eight. And well, a half. this is cool, man. Tim, Tim, thanks for uh, checking in with me, man. No, Appreciate no it. problem. Fine, so, fine. Pacific Northwest Day. Exactly. So, well, next episode number two will be delayed entry, and uh, you can hear all about my delayed entry and CBK's delayed entry. And once again, you know, please, uh, please email me. You can email me as Tim Kuda, Tim Kuda at VeteransCast. Dot com. If you're a veteran and you got a story to tell, come on, come on down. We'd like to, we'd like to uh, hear your story. Maybe you have a story of why you joined, or maybe you have a story of why you got drafted, or why you oh. decided. You never know. Or, so you, we, we'd love to hear your stories. Like I said, email me, Tim Kuda at veteranscast.com. So till now, next episode for uh, for Cannonball Kelly CBK. I'm Tim Kuda, and we'll catch you right here at the next episode of veteranscast.com.